Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Officially a podcast with three people in their 30s. Their fourth uh, decades. Wow. That's right. Happy birthday. Th- thank you. I, was, I wasn't I was fishing for it, but <laughs> it's not unwelcome. Look at this bass in my lap. And, and, and I've, I've been gifted the, the greatest birthday present of all, uh, which is that uh, the, the sons went ahead uh last night and and finished what i've been dreaming of for the last several weeks which is they killed the fucking lakers dead um but you know we're also we're coming off you know i don't know i kind of needed that after a, a uneven to say the least uh national championship game uh in in which north carolina watched Kansas spend the whole first half throwing up all over themselves and said, don't hold my beer, hold my hair back. Um, and, and one, one thing that I, I the, noticed, the unsaid part of that joke is, is a North Carolina player actually threw up on the court. It's got levels to it. Uh, but one, one thing that really stuck out to me across the whole run of the tournament is, uh, the deluge of commercials for a new show on Apple TV Plus, and you know they've they've done a pretty good job of getting marquee names to uh, to participate in their in their vehicles, and you know this is no different. Uh, the series starring. Jared Leto and, and Anne Hathaway, who look whatever you think of her slash them, they are stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you realize that it's a dramatized show about the goddamn WeWork guy. Ah. And I um, the first time I saw it, I was a little confused. And then the second through 200th times I saw it, I had to restrain myself from throwing something through whatever TV screen I was watching a game on at that point. Because too much. It's too much. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen this show, haven't we? <laughs> haven't we seen this show 50 times? <laughs> Not, no, I don't know that we have seen this or show read the necessarily. Book or seen the movie. Right. Uh, yes. the the book there i believe there are multiple books no oh and i forgot the the podcast as well that the author of the book slash producer of the blah 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 that they they did it as a as a yes. tag along there's a whole you know, it gets whole to the empire. point where i i see it and I, I think i'm like hasn't this hasn't there been a we work thing but i don't know for sure because i didn't actually you know engage with any of it but now i feel compelled to because i've seen 500 commercials and it must be such a good story if there is if there are 500 things about it i mean it's just charismatic megafauna but but instead they run late capitalist uh 
scams, essentially. We we love that. Can I can I posit that that guy is not actually charismatic, and that we need to really redefine what charisma is? I mean, I I I don't. I don't like he, uh, by the definition of yes. the word he absolutely is like he's, is he's, Elon Musk charismatic I mean not to diverge at the start but like when we say charisma do we just mean not as weird as Mark Zuckerberg and like you're curious <laughs> what they'll say next like no one's curious about what Mark Zuckerberg will say there was a whole movie where he said stuff and you're like huh I mean Jesse Eisenberg is cool but tell me about what Mark Zuckerberg would actually say yeah so I guess we're in in some sense you're parsing it we're parsing a distinction between like charismatic and magnetic there yes um but uh, but not not to get too into the the fine details just yet because really you know what what we're what we're here venting about is not limited to WeWork there has been just this unbelievable flood of uh CEO content books and podcasts and shows and shows based on books and now podcasts based on you know podcasts based on books and shows then based on those podcasts um and it's it's really it's getting o- over the top and and Kevin I I think you and I both you know uh, latched on really quickly to like we don't need more Elizabeth Holmes Theranos stuff out in the world. We got plenty of it already. Um, I don't know that I said we have too much of it actually, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now that's that's interesting. I was saying there's a lot. There is a lot out there. Um, I don't know that I. So I haven't like gone. I only need one Elizabeth Holmes story, but I've actually kind of avoided the whole Elizabeth Holmes thing until starting the the Hulu show, The Dropout, last night. Like I I know the story, but I haven't I haven't spent more than ten minutes with it. So this is really me getting that. And I you know mm-hmm. I I will I assume that once I get one story of it, I I am done. But I I don't know. I I don't think that. Uh, I think that one story for all these things is okay. Like I love the social network. I think that's a great movie. Um, and I don't know anything about the WeWork thing. So I will, I, I don't know, maybe I could get suggestions of which of the 10 things of WeWork I will engage with. But yeah, I only need one, but I don't think it's bad to have them at all. Well, right off the bat, I, I'm conflicted in the sense that like, this is not that different than, I'm wondering what everyone's take is on, living through these events versus not living through them. And the example I give is that the there was a, a docu-series created on the O.J. Simpson trial. And it was extremely popular. Um, uh, what, a couple of years? When did it come out? A year ago? Two years ago? It was extremely popular. I think popular. it was longer Very than viral. that. Now, yes. O.J. Made in America, I believe, is five years ago. Okay, a couple years. Uh, <laughs> extremely popular, as far as I know, amongst young people, but nobody above the age of 40-ish, a.k.a. the people that actually lived through it, cared to engage at all. <laughs> to, like, also, there were, the two, there were two... It played out in front of us. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I, I, well, yeah, what, I ahead, would, what I would say is I don't actually think the WeWork story has played out in front of quite so many people as you think it has. 
the OJ Simpson trial preempted the NBA finals. It was news on every channel at every hour of the day. It was arguably, you know, the defining television event of an entire decade. And uh, the the story of WeWork is mostly for pretty online people or people with like subscriptions to the Wall Street Journal. And and so like I I don't I see what you're saying. I think I actually do think that someone who is like really has pretty closely lived through one of these sort of events is much less inclined to be interested in them. But like I don't think in any meaningful way any of us lived through Theranos. You know what I no, mean? No, I, I think that that's right. I think we are aware of the, we remember the kind of reaction to when it, when it became clear that it was fraudulent. Um, and, and when, when it became clear that Adam Newman was kind of a weirdo who had pulled a bit of a scam by just buying a bunch of property and then having his company, uh, lease it from him essentially. Yeah. Which I, I think, yeah, kudos, I think the, my man. <laughs> the analog for us would be September 11th, and yeah. I, honestly, I have no, I have no personal interest. I think in in seeing certainly any like dramatized content around that. I had no, could not, po- you couldn't pay me to watch like United ninety three or the Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, which I think was just called World Trade Center. Um, you know, if you were going to show me an interesting documentary about something that happened that day, like I, I might be more inclined. And that's so that's the position that I come from on these sort of uh, tech CEO driven things. It's like I want bad blood. I want the John Carreyrou book about Theranos. I want someone who is an outside observer telling me how this all went wrong because on on some level these things going wrong is kind of fascinating enron enron is fascinating to to think about like how the heights that they reached and the 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 speed with which it all crumbled but like who who wants to watch like a you know a fictionalized Hulu miniseries about Jeff Skilling. Well, I think too for some of the things you mentioned, and I would even say like the Big Short, for that example, is what I was about to say, yeah, is Never Enron's collapse, Big Short, which is a, a wonderful movie. Anything about something like September 11th or or a war, um, there are quote unquote normal people ordinary people who are not part of this this oh i i'm smarter than you i'm part of of the elite wall street there are real people getting hurt um sometimes physically and sometimes financially completely ruined with this with theranos with um we work um with uh with the uber one it's like the villains and the people who are hurt save i understand like you know cab drivers and i guess people work at hotels things like that um it is kind of 
evil people hurting evil people like everybody is bad you can kind of you can potentially view it that way is like um you know theranos is uh the rube there are uh, there's the ceos of of cbs and stuff like that i i feel like that's one way that you can view it so theranos uh, theranos is an interesting example because there are two things happening there you know and, and and it was reflected in the the spate of criminal charges that you know that got filed against elizabeth holmes you know and like half of them or or three quarters of them were about defrauding investors and the other charges were about patients who got a bogus health information based on theranos testing like people who were told that they had cancer when they didn't and and so like though there there's is an example where i i think you have both things happening there is undoubtedly the element of you know the the victims here are you know are are business investors and you know let me let me play my tiny violin for them uh but like I don't know. Theranos is definitely something where where real people suffered consequences, and, and and that's and that's fine. And I think, but the fact that that the other half or two thirds, as it may be, mm-hmm. is is kind of um, with the other shows we've mentioned for the Uber one, for the WeWork one, going back to things like the social network. That is what it is. Is you know here, oh, you know, venture capitalists are investing in these these, as we said, charismatic people or intriguing people. And it ends up being a a scam. And for me, I do think back to the the social network and who was the most, maybe to me, maybe to others as well, interesting character. It is Justin Timberlake's portrayal of of Sean Parker, um, in in part because it's it's not just the epic fail of of that. And I think that that is that is really appealing. But you have these characters. Um, that are dramatized into antiheroes, and all of a sudden, Sean Parker and and Elizabeth Holmes, uh, they are just you know real world Tony Sopranos in in their own way. They're their own you know um, Walter Whites in their own way, which is they are successful in a system, um, and they maybe take advantage of people, but they're not Robin Hood. They are they are failures in a lot of ways but there is also that success there and i i think that that is maybe what i'm drawn to in these is take these people and you know whatever the real documentation is in in those books that you mentioned sean but dramatize them and make them into this this archetype that i am familiar with in this this modern age of television yeah when we were when we were throwing this around uh max said that i seem to think that we don't need more we don't need these ceos like harold heralded and most of these things portray them in a negative light like the social network like the opening scene of the movie is uh you know uh his girlfriend saying people aren't gonna like people aren't gonna like you because you're a nerd people are not gonna like you because you're an asshole and that's how most of these things go i think is that it's you know it's not heralding them I kind of think that this is a, a situation where the social network is the exception that proves the rule. Um, I, I think there's certainly with the way that, you know, that they've made 
the the trailer for we crashed look you know it's just even even if it is the story of a company failing there there is an inherent and this is a thing in the social network too there's an inherent aspect of if you are going to portray the rise in a fictionalized way you're going to make that rise look really cool and there's going to be people who watch that movie and take nothing away from it except isn't that rise really great and so like i i think that is why for me my generally my general rule on this is like i want documentary i want reporting i don't want dramatization because even though like even though i know that adam newman is not a good guy and should not be thought of you know it shouldn't be someone to admire or pattern yourself after really in any way like i don't necessarily trust a decent percentage of the people that watch that show to take the same thing away. And that's probably, you know, overly paternalistic and condescending on my part. I'm sure of it, but like, I don't know. It's how I feel. I'm glad you mentioned the trailer because the, this Adam, the, we crash doc, whatever it is, um, isn't out yet. So the trailer to your point certainly makes it look like, uh, he's, at least regarded with for certain strengths uh as someone who never consumed the social network for the same reason that we're talking about these other things i no interest in anything that heralds mark zuckerberg i can say that from the trailers that's exactly what it appears to be and so i, I mean maybe it's different if you actually consume the movie but um yeah the dramatization i i think is is something that i, I certainly said i want less of because i don't see it coming out in any way with the without getting you know at least giving these these people more attention um but the documentaries yeah. are different because I, I so i did actually consume the adam newman hulu documentary and he and his wife are both participants in it so that's an interesting one um they they refuse to participate at the end i think when they realize the direction it's going in and it's, <laughs> it's pretty entertaining but um uh, yeah there, there's definitely a, a, some lines are definitely blurred i feel like between some of these like docu-series and documentaries and you know dramatization because at the end of the day it's all being created for for entertainment yeah i think a lot of that will have to depend on if the docu if the documentary is focused so a lot of these a lot of these uh dramatizations are focused on you know character building so they're focused on you know, maybe like the ceo rather than the business and i don't mm -hmm. know if like the documentaries are different but like I read, I read like a Steve Jobs biography and then they made two dramatized biographies of him or whatever. Um, and in that, like it, the biographer has to kind of make assumptions say like, how did he turn out the way he was and, you know, point at things about his childhood and stuff. And I think that's what like a lot of the dramatized series do is that they're like, Hey, Elizabeth Holmes sucks, but like, Hey, here's some trauma she had in her childhood that might like, I don't know, at least show how she in part, how she came to be so shitty. Yeah, and and that that point about you know Adam and Rebecca Newman participating in a documentary, like, I mean, we we just we had this early on in the pandemic in the form of the Last Dance, and and like I, I don't know, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the Last Dance, and, and I have not 
Is that the Michael have, Jordan? Yes. Yes. And I have about? not read it, but just sight unseen, I'm pretty confident that I, when I eventually read it one day, I will find the book The Jordan Rules by Sam Smith much more fascinating and enlightening than The Last Dance because I know that that's not, on terms of like, it's not something that was signed off on by Michael Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, and and Max, you you kind of gave it up there by saying the Michael Jordan documentary. It is nominally about the Bulls' final title run, but it is a Michael Jordan vehicle. And so, I mean, that's that's what it is. I mean, we we do this, and like then it becomes he he is the hero. We create these heroes. Whereas documentaries, like there really isn't a hero. It's just it's just the story. And I mean, going back to it is it is different, but the OJ um documentary who i forget the documentarian's name escapes me right now which i feel really bad about as opposed to the um yes sean no to keep keep going because i okay. don't want to um and it versus the american crime story um which those series are very captivating but like they're in documentaries there are no heroes and you have to uh, or a good documentary you have to interpret what the important moments are you get the kind of the whole story with a mini series, especially which Kevin, I think you rightly shared with us before we started about how great those are is showing this is like there is in, in almost novel form, there is the the uh, just the typical structure of a novel. So you create these moments, you create these things and you kind of force them upon the viewer to say, like, here's the protagonist, here's the antagonist, here's how they meet and and so on and so forth in conflict and resolution. But that's not necessarily how it worked. There wasn't like one moment where you're like, all right, we work is officially bad. It was when SoftBank probably realized their bottom line is totally screwed and they got, you know, got. Yeah. So the thing that I wanted to say about American Crime Story is that the reason it was so captivating is that it it made a point of looping in all of the key players that that show that series is honestly it's every bit as much about marcia clark and chris darden and robert shapiro as it is about oj simpson and so like uh, there there is an element to which like that is kind of fascinating and, and there's no you know there's just not like a I don't know it's not the same thing as something like we work there's not not a lot of like oj hagiography to be done <laughs> uh, because frankly he was many years removed from the time when he was you know particularly beloved and iconic by the time all of this stuff happened um mm -hmm. so so that you know that that to me is another another good like another exception where like the show was it also was just super duper well done and all the performances were great and so that that made it inherently more entertaining and like i don't know i bet if i bet if i watched the dropout and thought that amanda seyfried was a really good portrayal of elizabeth holmes i might feel a little differently about it but just you know standing back from a conceptual level I don't know. I also feel weird about shows based on podcasts. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 
kind of going off that. So one thing I, I thought of, so like, you know, what is the number one movie on the AFI top 100? Uh, probably Citizen Kane. Yes, it's Citizen Kane. And so I'm kind of like, what makes, or like, is Citizen Kane any different than The Dropout? Other than like, instead of putting Theranos on it and Elizabeth Holmes, it's just a a story about uh, loosely based on a combination of characters. Like, this, is there anything different about the fact that like, oh, it's fiction, but it's also like mostly based on real <laughs> I, I I think I think that there is. Um... I think one of the differences and I think about who this this audience is 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 with these stories it's like you are supposed to be aware of this already and and you are you know some educated consumer in, in some ways this is this is for people that have a TV but they're more comfortable watching on their computer in their bed that that's the type of folks whereas that movie is very appealing to to uh, well seemingly very appealing to a lot of people because a great movie you know that's got this actor um and you can go enjoy it and not see the winks and nods to the stories behind it um whereas this you know as you talk about content about the the show based on the documentary based off of the podcast based off of the book um or the book that came you, you know that's what we're talking about and so you need to be part of the whole conversation you need to have consumed all the content so that you can discuss it and say well you know if you saw in the book or if you heard in the podcast or as you saw from the documentary that's not actually shown in the show um you kind of have to go whole hog on it whereas you can you can enjoy the movie uh citizen kane i think independently of of those things oh yeah you yeah. don't need to know dick about William Randolph Hearst to enjoy Citizen Kane. It also helps that, you know, that that movie came out 80 years ago and was the first one of these instead of the 2000th. Do we so think like, that if Citizen Kane came out now, it would get 500 ads during the March Madness tournament? Uh, no, but, but I'm I do have a question about... I'm actually stunned they haven't rebooted Citizen Kane. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we we can we can work on it. We can convince some people to invest in that and pull the rug out from under them, and then we can get something produced about it. There's and a, then we start it all over. There's a pretty big difference between me saying I'm stunned they haven't done it and me saying I wish they would do it. <laughs> um, and that's isn't that kind of the point of this? Yeah. Well, it, it's it, yeah. it just feels so lazy because all of this is like here is a real event, and someone needs to go do. Uh, Hulu and Netflix, please go both do a documentary on this a la Fire Festival immediately. Like it is, it is the first, not most correct. And it's the same thing here. It's like we have to, this real story, we have to chop it up and can't even do the documentary. We have to make it into bite sized four part miniseries that the average person can understand. Um, but and, it's, all, and, it's also almost certainly faster to create a dramatized docuseries than it is, or dramatized series than it is to do a true documentary. Yeah, because you don't have if to worry about include and journalistic interviews. integrity. Like that would, <laughs> yeah. takes way longer. They can make a they can make a dramatized series in a couple weeks if they just make shit up. I mean, inventing inventing Anna like is that a is that a dramatized docu? Like, where's the line? I don't know. Yes, well, I mean, that is that absolutely goes... a dramatization. What? No, I'm saying, is it a docu series? Oh, oh. And I, I think it probably know. claims to be. That's that's um, a really it's a good question, but like based all of... on true events. Gross gross that's a terrible phrase uh this is i mean all of this is in part why like the the sort of one of these 
the one the entry in this sort of genre that I am the most likely to actually watch is uh the the four part I for, I think it's we need to talk about Cosby um like that that is an actual documentary series put together by uh Kamau Bell and and you know I've I've heard him do some interviews about it and and talk about how you know that it's a multi-layered thing that that attempts to to show the downfall of of the 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 man the myth the sexual assaulting monster but also to grapple with the fact you know that that he really does still hold this legendarily important place in the the legacy of comedy and entertainment in general and especially black comedy and black entertainment and like to do so in probably a more nuanced way than you know uh i don't know maybe dave chappelle did in a stand-up special a few years ago so like that these kinds of multi-layered <clears throat> things that that give that that I feel like can give me a greater insight into something that I'm I'm curious about. Uh, those are the kinds of, uh, you know, those are the kinds of properties about this stuff that I'm inclined to consume. Well, you want the full context. You're curious about it, right. and you want multiple points. It's of my views. nature. And what these series do, and there's the one about Anna Delvey um, right now on Netflix, mm -hmm. um, they want to force a point of view that is the most compelling story, and they want it to be told or portrayed by people that you are familiar with, but who can pretend to be that person. I mean, that's compelling too, like seeing, uh, you know, uh, what is it, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing the the Uber guy. It's like, oh, he's too handsome for that stuff. Like that is part of the appeal and like the draw. And ultimately we haven't talked about, but like, is it okay for people to enjoy it? Of course it is. If this makes them more familiar with some of these things that are going on and like scams that are out there, um, that's, that's good. I hope that they are critical and, and think about it afterwards. But like, if that's the way that these stories get told, if that's the way that you check the next Enron, um, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to watch the, the fairness thing. Like, I'm not going to say that I know the, all the details of the fairness story, but I'll probably have the highlights and I'll have an interesting character narrative that i know is you know i you know i i in my life i pretend it's just all fictional like i'm not going to do anything in my life based on this anything different than i would base off of another novel character but um yeah i don't know i like them so i'm in i just don't need five per company yeah <laughs> so we're all gonna watch we release and then decide what we think i mean i'm probably gonna watch it <laughs> no get raise your hand TV. if you're gonna watch it sean get my apple tv <laughs> trial yeah i'm certainly yeah i'm certainly not gonna pay for an additional streaming service just to well, watch you'll wait that. until the netflix makes their their version and then watch that i guess i'm just i'm just gonna go to the the video store and and be a doofus who rents something obscure and then i will have no one to talk about it with and that'll be fine because then i won't have to bother anyone and 
you know, maybe I won't hashtag join the conversation, but <laughs> there are other conversations I can join. Yeah, I mean, look, the the real the real uh, the real uncomfortable choice for me is is going to be, as someone pointed out earlier in the show, uh, when someone one day puts a gun to my head and forces me to choose which of the uh, Elon Musk series series I, I will watch because undoubtedly there will be Ten. many of them. Yeah. Um, you know, that bleak now, note. now you can talk about how he bought 10% of Twitter. Cause that's a thing. Hey, hey man, if you live in the house, and, you might as well buy it. And, and charismatic, charismatic on Twitter and engaged so. in some, some, uh, pretty, pretty dicey, uh, potential regulatory fuckery uh, around said acquisition um, and the fact that he then joined Twitter's board. So yeah, everything is going great. Um, and of, of course, this is a, a wonderful time for, for Skype to freeze up uh, because uh, what I, what I really needed to snap me out of this funk is Pierce's sorry. Oh, I, I heard you and was recording the whole time. It, I've of had course. some weird internet experiences today. But to snap you out of the funk, I, I will I will lead with with a trivia question for you all. Um not to not to summon that, but it is a trivia based apology. So are you all uh, familiar with the Arch of Hadrian? Hadrian's Arch? H A D R I A N. I think you know I'm not. Okay, I've I've I felt like I had heard of it too. So I was at no. trivia last night, ready to answer the question. I felt immediately it was where is it located? I'm like, well, this is an arch. It's you know, uh, it's probably in Europe somewhere. Um, where is probably, Carthage? Yeah, <laughs> well, it is probably one of those things that was uh, pilfered from the place it was originally. Um, so my guess was, I said London. I said it's 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 in London. It has to be in London. Someone was like, could it be Paris? I'm like. And they were like, no, I'm thinking of something different. I was like, oh, that, that. so I think it's London. Someone mentioned in passing a, another place, maybe a place you'd expect an arch to be originally. I said, no, 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 it's London. So I, I did apologize to my team because I got it wrong. And, and part of it was, one, someone did say, hey, I think it's in Athens. But as happens in trivia, they did not say it confidently. The other thing that that I had to apologize to is... There is a person on our team that is uh, is Greek, and so I had to apologize. I was like, "I'm sorry for as happens all the time, assuming that someone else stole this thing from your homeland, took it, and never gave it back." <laughs> um, now, the British Empire stole plenty of stuff and and refuses to give it back. This is not one of those things. So I am sorry for <laughs> assuming that Hadrian's Arch had been pilfered and and taken to london where it would just rot in smog <laughs> outstanding i'm 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 so glad we we had this um okay uh let's see do i have a big idea from pop culture um i don't know uh i so my my parents came to visit last weekend for my birthday, and it just so happened that two of my friends also had their parents visiting that weekend as well. And 
we decided what we should do was just sort of convene everybody for like a, you know, we, we called it a BYOP um, and hung out at a, a brewery in Scott's Edition for a couple hours. And, you know, all the all the parents got to meet their kids' friends and their kids' friends' parents. And it was a great time. It was a nice group. We probably had like, you know, 15, 15 to 18 people there. And it was it was really nice. So would would highly recommend as the weather continues to get nice it's you know it's spring now and, and whatnot uh especially if you're you're in an area where uh covid is behaving relatively nicely for the moment like take advantage find something fun to do when the weather's nice you know it's just it's it's good to get outside and be around people and we haven't talked about that in a while because things have been kind of cooling down but like it does not change at all that that's one of the first times in the last two years that i've done something like that um mm -hmm. and and it it was just it was so nice so enjoyable so highly recommend if you you have an opportunity to do something like that uh, yeah. that you take it and of course you didn't think Pierce was actually going to step on the real trivia on this podcast, did you? No. It's time for Rolling Stone Rock Trivia. Oh, Hadrian's Arch. <laughs> Lock it in. <laughs> okay. Max is incorrect. Um, we did it last <laughs> week uh, with we, our first, I believe, our first ever uh, remote participant. Uh, Kevin phoned in his uh, phoned in his guess. It turns out it was wrong. Uh, the way God intended. Uh, so let's let's come back uh, with what is the first weapon used on NWA's album Straight Outta Compton? Is it A, an Uzi, B, a bazooka, C, a sawed-off shotgun, or D, an AK-47? I'm going to say C. I'll go with the bazooka. Uh, um, Maybe it's the Uzi. I, I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Uzi just to be different, and someone will get it right. Okay, someone did get it right. It's Max, the wow. first weapon on Straight Outta Compton, which I believe is on. I think it's Fuck the Police. Um. Uh, Oh no! It's it might be it's either the first song on the record is either "Fuck the Police" straight out of Compton, uh, and and the the weapon is indeed a sawed-off shotgun. So, good on you, Max. I think this is maybe your your second correct answer of the year. Good on ah, you. Who's keeping track? I literally am in a spreadsheet on my computer right now. I am looking. Uh, I've been struggling. I might be in last place. You certainly are not. Oh, okay. <laughs> because Max is participating in the competition as well. Woo! <laughs> All right. One on us. You burn. All right. That Just wait is, for the second half. That <laughs> is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, please tell a friend about the show. We would love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm here. I'm Max. I'm coming. Thanks for listening.